So, hi, uh, welcome to the show. This is Brian, again, your host. Um, I'm here with Aphrodite Brinsme from Duro. You are the Director of Product Marketing, if I'm correct. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brian. Great to be here. So uh, if you could tell me a little bit more about kind of uh, where you came from and how you end up at Duro and what you're kind of doing there, uh, that'll help the listeners get up to speed with uh, with what, who we're speaking with. Sure. So I've spent probably about the last 15 years or so working in B2B tech in different roles from consulting to analyst relations. I actually worked as an, a research analyst like pretty early in my career. And yeah, now here I am at Duro doing product marketing. So over the, the course of my career, what I realized that I really enjoy doing is working in small, early stage startups where I get to kind of help build things from the ground up. And one of the things I like about it is that you're kind of constantly experimenting. It's fast paced. Things are changing. And you really kind of get to know your colleagues and work closely together and have like a pretty solid team, which is cool. But at the same time, it's also like a little challenging because you know, you have less budgets, you have less resources, there's less people. So you end up like having to do a lot of different things. So yeah, I've been at, oh, sorry. No, no, it's good. It's great. I, I, you know, I can relate to the whole, um, that, that sort of forced agility gets, uh, you get a lot out of that, right? You get to uh, not be bored every day doing the same thing over and over again, which is really nice. That's true. Yes. So, um, who is your ideal target market? Who is who's the right fit for Duro? Um, so our goal is really to make the lives of hardware engineers easier. So what that means is the people who are engineering and designing rockets, robotics, consumer electronics, IoT devices, the people behind the scenes who are there kind of figuring out how to make that work. And we want to help them manage their product data so they don't spend hours and even like days in Excel spreadsheets, like copying data from one system to another, like checking things that are up to date, like sending emails and waiting for responses. We manage all of their product data in our, our platform, which is called a product lifecycle management or PLM platform. So how are you actively getting in front of these folks? Because this is this is again like one of the things that we talk about uh, on the show is these folks, these businesses that are kind of hard to market. How do you get in front of folks that are in that environment? I definitely would say it's more challenging than getting in front of sales and marketing people, for example. Like we're always on, you know, LinkedIn, checking what our competitors are doing, seeing seeing what ads are there, kind of reading reading blogs. And I think engineers they have such a kind of intense job that they're spending a lot less time on um you know social platforms for example during the day one of the things i will say is that they i I believe they like to watch a lot of videos look at like kind of demos of how things are done as well as kind of like chat to each other in like communities and forums so we're kind of thinking about right now we're thinking about our strategy of how we kind of best get in front of them whether it's kind of creating more videos, like kind of working more on platforms like Reddit or Quora. And yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, when you get into these communities, these these high spec communities where they've got, you know, either a real intense interest or a real rarefied skill set, um, you I guess, you know, my experience in that is that those dialogues are tend to be super technical. 
um, and very difficult if you're an outsider to kind of get your way in there and be like, hey, that sounds really tough. Do you want help? Um, so how are what's the how are you kind of dialing that into your strategy? How do you approach getting involved in those conversations? It's a really good point. And, you know, for me, this is a brand new industry. I haven't worked with in this space before. I came from kind of ad tech, customer experience, mm-hmm. AI. So it's been a big learning curve for me to, not, number one, like kind of figure out what these people are interested in. But number two, you're right. Like I don't have the, the technical expertise to um, kind of respond and tell someone how, you know, give them advice about engineering problems. However, we do have a lot of experts in Juro itself. Our two co-founders came from that background. One of them was mm. a, a former mechanical engineer at SpaceX. The other was a electrical engineer and worked in kind of various different countries and with different types of technology. So we really rely on them to kind of be the experts and the voice for the company. And yeah, I think kind of getting the other one is like getting customers to talk to each other. So we want one of the things I'm... I really want to do is kind of get our customers to be kind of advocates both for us and also us be advocates for the work that they're doing, which is really exciting. So what do you have planned in that space? That's, that's really interesting. We've, I've had a lot, uh, a couple of folks on the show, not, not a ton, but a couple of folks in the show who have um, had uh, great success with that kind of expo model where they get all their customers together and have them kind of collaborate. What are you, what are you planning in that space to, to get Duro in front of the right people? Absolutely. I mean, it's still we're still pretty early stages in in kind of building this this mm. out. Uh, one of the things we did last month is we hosted a, a small dinner at a, a big conference for like some of our a couple of our customers, like some of the presenters to kind of come together and like kind of chat about things that are happening in the space industry. So kind of more like a kind of community networking type event. I on my side, like you know, I've been doing a few different things, writing case studies, like kind of getting customer stories, like published on our blog. And we actually hosted our first ever webinar two, three days ago. Oh yeah. Uh, with one of our customers where we got to kind of let them tell their story about how they're engineering robotics for manufacturing floors. And they're able to kind of get that up and running with within weeks, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. That's so so that um, building those customer interactions, I think it's really uh, another thing that's interesting and important. And for the folks that are listening, uh, the marketers that are kind of looking for tips on these, the, you know, getting into these hard to market spaces, um, is that those customer interactions that you facilitate, you kind of get credit for, even though you may barely be involved, right? When you make these connections, um, people come back to you and say, hey, you helped us get in touch with this and it turned into a potential, you know, client or a potential market. So I think that's, uh, that's a really powerful strategy. Um, if, if you can, you can pull it off, I suppose. So when, when you look at, uh, across the board for the business though, um, if, if you're sort of nascent in the, uh, you know, the community development space, what, how is Duro getting most of their clients presently? What's the process that you're going through that isn't the newer stuff you're working on? What's the tried and true? So we have a, an outbound sales team and oh, yeah. they're pretty active in terms of kind of finding new companies or sending, sending emails. I did actually listen to your, your podcast that you did uh, recently on outbound, outbound emails, <laughs> which is funny. Um, and we have 
recently kicked, I say recently because it's been like almost six months now, so relatively recently in the scheme of things, kicked off like an SEO content strategy. Gotcha. Um, we're on, you know, we're on social media. We're trying to kind of ramp that up. And I think the other one I mentioned was YouTube kind of trying to publish more videos and things like that. Yeah. The content creator space, uh, the creator space in general is, um, it's just amazing for, um, the folks that are in that, that technical field. Like I've done a little bit of CAD and CAM work myself. And so when, when you're trying to solve a very specific problem, the YouTube channel or video that has the answer to that, you're like, yes, this is great. It's a eureka moment. And um, being able to facilitate those, again, you get a ton of credit for as a brand owner, um, if you can help folks get to the right answer to the problems they're solving, because the more often you do that, the more credibility you build, the better off it's gonna go in turn, longer term. But that's all got like a longer term yield curve, right, for outcomes and results. What, um, you, you know, in terms of, of kind of like the average uh, cycle time, how long does it typically take for your prospects to go from like, you know, high in your high in your funnel to a completed sale? It's a good question. Um, I think if people are interested in, in buying a new platform, it can be as quick as a couple of weeks to like a month. Um obviously if they're not ready to buy plm and they're you know maybe they already have a different platform maybe they don't have the budget right now and they're using spreadsheets until they kind of build a bigger team yeah, yeah. um it it can definitely take a few more few more months but in the scheme of things from compared to like other companies i've worked at in the past we have a pretty quick sales cycle yeah that's amazing i've got um it's funny, I, I think I'd recorded an episode like two weeks ago or something like that. And the sales cycle was down to like a month, month and a half. And I was like, I wouldn't know what to do with such a short sales cycle. Most of the stuff that I'm used to to selling, it's got, you know, years attached. So it's really interesting to find that some of these, uh, some of these spaces where you're talking about this high-tech engineering field, uh, kind of supporting software and capability, you have that short cycle time. What do you attribute that to? I mean, what it, it sounds like your buyers must be super educated by the time they get to you at that point. Is that work you're actively cultivating on your it's, own or are they coming to the table with the need? I'd say it's, I just want to, um, I had a really good point and then I forgot. Hang on. <laughs> um, um Actually, a lot of our customers, uh, the reason why we work with certain customers over others is that we really work with like disruptive organizations, like companies that are doing things very differently in perhaps more traditional spaces. Like in the in the case of like industrial robotics, traditionally it would take kind of like months or years to get like an installation of a robotic arm, for example, in a restaurant on a manufacturing floor. Our customers are like pioneering ways to do things faster. And so the types of companies that we're working with want software that kind of fits with that same strategy. So when they're looking at us, they want something that's quick to deploy. They can make a decision quickly and it's not going to kind of disrupt their day-to-day -day process. Right. So it, it's one of the things that Juro is, is doing is really kind of helping to kind of change the industry. Like PLM, Product Lifecycle Management Tours have been around decades um we've been around around five years and you know coming into that space as a, a new 
player, what we want to do is kind of make things faster. And we also want to work with customers that are making things faster in their industry and kind of innovating. And so I think when it comes to that kind of decision and that buying process, that's one of the things they have top of mind just because that's how their business was set up. And they are some of the kind of newer, relatively newer companies in their industries. So they're, I mean, by the time they get to you, they're already on fire. They need to go faster and they're like ready. Exactly. And many of them have like previously maybe worked at a bigger organization where they have experience with the type of technology that we offer. Maybe they haven't used our platform specifically, but they, they understand kind of like the concepts and, and the, the goal of having something like a product lifecycle management tool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, before we go, before we go, I guess I want to ask a couple quick questions. Um, first things is, first is who would be a good fit for you? Um, who would be the kind of folks that should reach out and get more information from you? Uh, yeah. Um, can you ask me that again? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So who are the kind of folks that should reach out? Who's a good fit uh, for Duro? Who should be reaching out to speak to you for more uh, information? Yeah, so I think I think I mentioned like hardware engineering companies that are disrupting their industries. Um, companies, whether it's in kind of aerospace, industrial robotics, IoT devices, consumer electronics, these are really good industries for us. And in terms of kind of like the people and the you know the the challenges that that companies are having. I would say it's like kind of predominantly mechanical, electrical, aerospace engineers that we're helping. We're helping them to manage their product data. And oftentimes, you know, if if you have an issue where your team is expanding really quickly, like you're using spreadsheets and it's really hard to keep them up to date. You have like lots of like manual processes as your kind of designs are changing and you're like adding new people, adding new functionality and kind of revising them. We want to help manage that that process for them. And in your journey to where you are now, what are the three biggest sort of marketing tips you've picked up along the way? Uh, yeah, that, that, this is a, a great question. Um, can you ask me again? <laughs> <laughs> I can. I'll give you more time to think. No worries. Um, in your marketing journey, what are the three biggest tips you've picked up along the way? So one of the things that I've learned is that like marketing is actually really hard um, and it's all a giant experiment. So, you know, doing something that worked at a previous company isn't going to work if you have like a different audience, a different, um, a different environment, like different strategies. And also the world is, the world is constantly changing, like how we consume content, even just in the last like kind of few years, like the shift to digital video and like podcasts and things like that. So you have to be very adaptable, I suppose is my is my tip. Like try things, be experimental. I think in in the place where we're at right now in marketing is where we're trying lots of different things. And I think that we're finding ourselves that like some of the traditional kind of like advertising channels like Google search and LinkedIn aren't necessarily like working for us. And so we're trying to be creative about um, trying new things and Along that kind of difficult journey, I would say like it it takes a whole kind of village to do marketing and like getting kind of help from across the business and alignment for across the business is also really important. 
one of the other things I, I wanted to bring up is about content. I know we talked a, a little bit about that, but uh, there's a really good, you know, quote, which I'm sure we've all heard that content is king. It's which came from Bill Gates in 1996. And I think it's really interesting how relevant that is today. But a lot of things at the same time, a lot of things have changed. And with AI, like kind of driven content, like the noise, there's so much noise and it's really hard to kind of like differentiate or like kind of stand out like so many kind of posts on LinkedIn like so many kind of articles being published like how do you get people to actually see and read that content is becoming an increasingly a challenge yeah um, I, so I think that, no I think I it's super, say, I think, super valid yeah I think things like kind of experimenting with like new types of things like communities video podcast I mean they've been around for a long time but the way people are kind of using those things has has changed a lot yeah, it's and then, it's accessible content, right? Is really king. Not it's not just content, right? I have a stack of encyclopedias. They're not doing anything for anybody, right? It's the accessibility that's a big part of that. And I think I think to your point, that community engagement's a part of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I suppose like one one final thing that I've kind of been been learning a lot is that when you don't have as many resources as some of the big kind of enterprise companies. You've got to be creative and actually there's i'm finding there's so many kind of like free or cheap tools available on the the internet that you can use i mean i'm sure everyone's heard of like canva but you know grammarly like but then there's also places where you can kind of create video or like chop up video using ai and it kind of makes breaks it down into kind of little segments for you or um you can have like little ai chatbots speaking on your video I think the scary thing is that, you know, it's all kind of like blurring into one, like between AI and and a human created generated content. Yeah, that's definitely a challenge for marketers moving forward is how do you differentiate and how do you create trust in an environment where that's harder and harder to to identify, right? Uh, not only is authority hard to identify, but um, you have tons of folks out there putting out content that may or may not be fact-checked. So not only now do we determine, did it come from the authentic channel where it sort of belongs, uh, but is it accurate? <laughs> and then is it relevant? And then is it helping me, you know, move down the buyer uh, information cycle? I mean, all of that is outrageously challenging in today's environment. And it's only going to get worse. The easier it gets to create content, the harder it's going to be to stand out with your content. Right. So exactly. I think it's uh, I think that that stay agile and stay creative are important important lessons and they will be uh, continuing moving forward. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate your time and uh, definitely circle back when you've got you know uh, I want to hear definitely more tips on the community engagement as you build that out. Uh, that'll definitely be something that we can share with our our sort of marketing listeners uh, as we go. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our Podcasting Done For You service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. 
Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.